opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any you dissent whatsoever. Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said to that we were right, to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard sort of left, the hard 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 left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 I have this theory that I don't think that Starmer is going to serve out a full parliament and I think will probably be contrary to people's speculation that was quite rife a couple of months ago, probably be survived as a political leader by Boris Johnson. I mean, I guess my basis for thinking this is that there has been such rapid turnover in political leadership in the last few years in this country. I mean... David Cameron won a majority and was gone less than a year later. That's pretty extraordinary. Obviously, there was a precedent of losing the referendum. But even after that, you then had Theresa May, who at one point was genuinely quite extraordinarily popular and enjoyed a, um, a similar level uh, of fawning media coverage as Keir Starmer. <laughs> Up until the election, and even when, during that election, the wheels came off Theresa May, uh, and she up really until the election quite a poor campaign um, you know, in terms of what she was actually doing in it. It was a relatively successful campaign in terms of, I think she got like more votes than any fucking prime minister ever or something. Just an extraordinary amount of people went and voted for her, which meant that Jeremy Corbyn could get more votes than any Labour leader since Blair and not become Prime Minister. So, you know, Theresa May enjoyed certain successes and was still gone within two years of taking over. Um, sorry, within three years. I, I, I correct myself there. If Boris Johnson enjoys uh, a similar turn in fortune, you know, it, fortunes, it's quite likely that his party may consider him expendable. Um Similarly, you had very, very short tenures for um, Kezia Dugdale and Richard Leonard up in Scottish Labour. Um, Geraint, how long was Jim Murphy uh, leader of Scottish Labour for? About five minutes after the years of build-up to it. He, 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 he basically got in, did even worse than everyone was predicting, uh, lost some elections and fucked off. Um, there you go. He was uh, three short-lived leaders in a let row. Let me find out specifically because it really wasn't long. How many um, Lib Dem leaders as well during this time? Ah, and I was going to get on to that. So the Lib Dems uh, seem to think that their leader has to resign <laughs> when they don't win a general election, which is quite an extraordinary thing. I mean, y you'd think that they would be a little bit more forgiving of their leaders, but I suppose uh, Joe Swinson did uh, win, win, sorry, did lose her seat as an MP. Yeah, Vince was. Cable was older than John Rentoul, and uh, Tim Farron did 
torch his uh, quite considerable reputation with the Lib Dems activist base by spending a general election campaign complaining about the fluoride in the water. By the way, Jim Murphy, less than six months. He he won the election on the 13th of December 2014. His resignation became effective on 1st of June 2015. <laughs> that was about two weeks after he announced he was resigning as well. So Christ. that's a yeah, okay. stretch. So Doug, Dale and Leonard both had more longevity than him. Um, but I think, you know, you can look at the su- survival, the relative survival of Corbyn uh, in, in the context of, like, you know, of Scottish Labour, of the Tories, of the Lib Dems. Corbyn's four and a bit years is, uh, you know a considerable run as a political leader in the present climate yeah the longest serving party leader of a major party in the last decade after cameron so how long is Miliband? ed Miliband, yeah i think ed, ed Miliband served uh almost a full f- no 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 he didn't serve a full five years either because uh yeah, he did hang on I, I guess he resigned uh in june 2015 yeah he was like election to election wasn't he yeah and he be- yeah became leader in late 2010 yeah yeah he, he only didn't manage a, a full five years because that particular leadership election was fucking interminable yeah 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 same same kind of duration as corbyn mm. really and I, I can't see anyone staying the course for as long as ed Miliband. and i, I was talking about this uh with matt's old cousin and he like he'd said something similar uh, a couple of days ago but you know he kind of thinks that this is down to just like the modern media climate the fact that everything's online and everything happens so fucking quickly it's just it's just so rapid but nobody has the kind of patience to just kind of let a leader fail and we say it's like football managers in their own time yeah yeah well that <laughs> i mean i barely follow football but i'm always seeing headlines about team has a new manager you know yeah. so scottish labor are like chelsea <laughs> <laughs> yeah except they don't win anything <laughs> chelsea as much as they're cunts <laughs> scottish labor are like chelsea mainly tories <laughs> what i can tell you about football managers is that um the manager uh david moyes um my friend dan howden not a fan of moyes my, much, is he a Man United my fan? much closer friend michael john gates big big fan of david moyes that's what i know about football that's oh yeah um, because gapes is a is a massive west ham fan isn't he 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 is a hammer indeed he is a hammer of the left and a hammer in football terms as well (laughs) just missing the sickle i just remember um when uh uh aston villa um destroyed us it was fucking ian austin's tweet that sent me oh over god. ian austin did the whole it was someone else did it first and then he piled on it was like jeremy corbyn isn't even really an arsenal yeah, fan yeah, yeah. he doesn't know what football means or something Such you know bullshit. he's a fake arsenal fan <laughs> Tell you like fucking Keir Starmer as well. Like you, you listen to like Corbyn talk about music, and he's like, "Oh yes, my favorite song is Imagine by John Lennon." And you're like, "Okay, Corbyn's not really a big music fan, fair enough." But like when he when Corbyn talks about football, I'm like, "I don't have a clue what he's talking about." This guy knows his stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> it's clearly genuine. Um, no, definitely. Who was it that um it was Corbyn and Hector Bellerin? having a chat yeah. and this other guy Piers Morgan oh, who the fuck was it 
Piers Morgan. Yeah. yeah. And then they switched to Spanish so Piers Morgan couldn't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Legend. king shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talk about Corbin, but we were generous towards him in terms we thought he should be given uh you know a, at least a full parliament to try and outline his agenda and so on but his parliamentary party weren't anywhere near so generous or patient they thought that corbyn's time was up within nine months of him taking yeah. over as leader um they just failed because he had a considerable grassroots base and that's what most of these other leaders lack they haven't got the kind of people who are going to go out to bat for them. And I would suggest that Starmer has made a fatal error by, uh, you know, just bringing a flamethrower to the Labour grassroots. He's not going to have people come out um, and have his back when the going gets rough. When his MPs do decide, you know, this just isn't working. We want somebody who is really, really right wing instead of just like, <laughs> you know, as people close to Starmer say, like having no politics. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that, by the way. I think he's quite quite right wing. But um, they could always go further to the right. That's the thing, thing about the Labour right. They can always go further. Yeah. So I made a prediction on, on Sinan's stream, uh, which I still, I mean, it was a somewhat facetious prediction but i do <laughs> i do still uh like this is the darkest timeline right <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> once labor it's not a question of if but it's once labor get trounced at the local elections uh yeah. in may um that starmer is going to get pushed out uh there will be a vote of no confidence and he's going to get replaced by someone further to the right and that someone is Tony Blair. Tonti, he's behind And that, also, I do I do think that Boris Johnson isn't going to last until the 2024 election because I think that he just personally is going to be seen as a liability. And, um, like, even if the Tories' uh, pollings go back up, you know, if the vaccine rollout is even moderately successful because the press is going to spin it like it's the most successful thing, you know, since sliced bread. But um, even then, you know, if they just look, Sunak's approval ratings are much better and like yeah. he is the better candidate for them. Um, and uh, this is also something that I said uh, on on stream is that, you know, if, if you if you, you know, turn off, the video while listening to Rishi Sunak. I don't know if you've ever done that, but man sounds exactly. I don't think I've ever listened to Rishi Sunak. <laughs> the man sounds <laughs> Or as, exactly... as Paul Weller calls him, that Tory cunt. <laughs> <laughs> the man sounds exactly like Tony Blair. The cadence, the, I mean, there's a reason why the commentariat love him so much is because he reminds them. I mean, he just gives them fucking, you know, a hard on just immediately, just by reflex. Because is it they a just Mayor Pete Obama thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's like, I mean, Mayor Pete and Obama, that's just, a, that's, that's even, that's a little bit, that's more embarrassing, I, I would say. But like, because uh, <laughs> just everything about Mayor Pete is just really embarrassing. Uh, Imagine but... <laughs> if instead of just plagiarizing his speech, Joe Biden had tried to actually speak like Neil Kinnock. He's just out there like, oh, I think my sister is my wife. 
<laughs> Sorry, it should be a bit shouty. The return of the Jack Brain Reed Welsh accent. <laughs> One the fans are crying out for. I hate strots. And also, what does Biden not like? Corn pop, but bastard. <laughs> I feel like he patched things up with corn pop. I think that was the whole narrative. He patched things up. He doesn't like the English. What happened to corn pop? Was he in Trump's final pardon? No, uh, uh, corn pop is dead. Oh. <laughs> Joe Biden killed him Real. with a fucking chain. Yeah. He, he put a word in with Hillary and, and now corn pop's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had, uh, He's been information that could lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Were there any more articles that you found, Arjun, about Kia's fall from grace? Not really, but one point that I was actually thinking of earlier, what you were saying about like torching the the grassroots. Um, something that I saw Labour like put out a video or two. Uh, this would have been maybe just like in the last week or something was about postal votes um, for the local elections. And I think they're kind of like, (laughs) they're kind of going. (laughs) I would just say, urge caution to voters in Ilford South, because I've I've heard that some people are going around stealing the postal votes. Just, just, you know, not naming any names or (laughs) organisations. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Say say your bit. <laughs> but I think they're they're sort of going on the fact that the postal votes were, were very crucial to the Democrats winning the the election last year, and yeah. so I think. But the the Democrats also had grassroots to work with, and the Democrats didn't give a fucking middle finger to the left. They co-opted the left, and they they you know mm. tried to very cynically, obviously you know use them to gain votes, but they didn't tell them to fuck off you know they weren't that stupid like this is the thing like it's not even about uh Keir Starmer you know being just morally repugnant in what he's trying to do and being cynical it's pragmatically fucking stupid like there is yeah. no way that that any of this makes sense even in terms of strategy in terms of any real gains in in polling like the guy has has stagnated and, and if anything he's going down now and then one's lockdown ends the Tories approval is gonna go up even further you know so I don't know what the fuck game this guy's trying to play really like because 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 oh, in the states like it wasn't just postal votes you know they they combined postal votes with a ground game you know and the ground game here was entirely done by activists and, and by so many people who engaged in this shit for the first time including myself you know and, and while doing it I met so many people who were doing it for the first time none of these fucking people are gonna campaign for Keir Starmer are you mad no Who's going to go out in the fucking call for him? Who's going to go out in the race for him? God. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just like I could see the initial Starmer strategy of trying to, you know, keep the left and bring them together with some people who might lean more to the right. But that's not what he's doing. <laughs> he's even. just like, let's create an entirely new base out of these people on the right. Just, you know, <laughs> let's just hope enough people listen to Nick Ferrari uh, to, to get us over the line in the next election without Scotland. Have you guys talked about the Hancock thing? Oh, and at the God. same day... 
he was also like, I don't support the decriminalization of weed. Oh, God. Um, the weed... He did something else as well. Something else really stupid. Don't get me started on the weed point. I was... I... <laughs> I was fuming, man. I was absolutely fuming. Like It's like a day designed just to like specifically lose Jack's vote. I, well, I mean, yeah, obviously I didn't give a fuck about the Matt Hancock thing. I thought it was... I didn't care. I thought it was bad politics of him but yeah. it's not gonna you know it's not gonna get to me too much oh starmer's being a wet wife he doesn't want to call for a government minister to resign just like the stupidest rationale like oh it doesn't make any sense when you're in opposition to call for the government to do something because you're not in government it's like yeah okay cool. don't have any policies then might as well just sit on your ass and just wait for the next election to literally do anything if that's what you think but um no, I, it, when he came out with the weed thing, his rationale seemed to basically be just like, well, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it's illegal, so it uh, causes crime. <laughs> <laughs> fucking backwards logic. fucking logic. <laughs> For a smart man, he can be a fucking idiot, honestly. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I, I said this on Twitter. I think that genuinely what Starmer is trying to do is, you know, by saying that he's not going to go after Hancock, but he's going to go really hard after drug users, is that he's playing the long game and he's going to put the entire cabinet in use for their alleged cocaine use. This is Keith Anon, you know, like, uh, this is... Uh... Where's the birth certificate, Keith? Where is it? <laughs> We are also, I think, as a as a as a left wing community, we are just forgetting that his middle name is Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney. Pay more attention to Rodney the donkey. I'm a sad donkey. The papers said something mean about me. I want the papers to be my best friend. Sad yeah. donkey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's make Keir Starmer sad donkey a meme. I mean, okay, all right. I mean, if people don't find it funny, then like fine. But but like, let's put it to. Let's never stop this before. Yeah, let's put it to the populace. <laughs> like Have Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, but I think I think this would make him more endearing. Yeah, no, it would actually. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, the donkey thing is a vote winner. Yeah, it's like when they put Corbin in a chicken suit and he just looked badass. <laughs> compared to Matt Ford and the chicken suit yeah that was incredible by the way with Matt Ford literally did a there's a documentary coming up I think about um, Charles Kennedy so he did a tweet like oh you know Charles Kennedy what a shame what happened to him it was terrible how some people treated him when he was about the online and abuse pe pe people were then all just replying en masse with like um a page excerpt and, and past tweets from him as well but the, the page excerpt was from his book which came out literally about two months ago <laughs> and it was like him detailing how one of his first jobs for the Labour Party was to dress up in a big chicken suit and in his words stalk Charles Kennedy <laughs> Usually if you search Matt for chicken it's him reviewing different KFCs that he's gone to oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, whether they're going to diarrhoea or not I, I did a deep dive in his old tweets because that I was very bored and um, found some absolutely appalling shit because he was like a talk radio host at the time. But like fully two thirds of his tweets were just like, went for a burger here, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love these KFC meat. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Blair's a legend. Blast indefinitely, maybe this morning. Actually think Heathen Chemistry is a better <laughs> album, you know. 
So are you the one who brought the um, the KFC and the Burger King tweets to our timeline? <laughs> <laughs> are you responsible for this? Do you remember? Oh God! Do you remember his his um, Pizza Express lockdown tweet? No. Oh God! I'm going to see if I can find the actual tweet. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the exact wording, but it was incredible. I can't believe they're getting this guy to do the inquiry on the fucking Labour leaks. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably be better if he did it, because he's not got the guile to do a proper stitch-up. He'll, he'll never have a picture as cool as Martin Ford QC. Here, here we go, here we go. <laughs> April 22nd, so about a month into first lockdown, everyone was getting stressed out. Everyone was like, let's hope it eases soon. Here we go. Oh, there's actually two tweets, but the, the one I was on about is uh, can't wait to go for Pizza Express again. Have one of those massive Peronis, a pizza, probably Apollo Forza, and a bottle of red. And like one that being his main ambition for like when the world opens up again. What's the first thing I'm going to do? Um, but it's the fact that he has to specify, not only did he not wait to go to Pizza Express again, but when he's able to go, when it's safe to go back to Pizza Express, he specifically has to highlight to us that he's going to order a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> just in case we thought he was a salad guy. You know, not just a, a, a big industrial-sized container of dough balls or something. But then there was, a, there was another one, literally about two weeks later, May 6th. I know others are going through far worse, but I've really noticed that it's the simple things I miss the most. Whether it's seeing friends, getting the bus... Or go into an all-you-can-eat pizza hut buffet and stuff it myself with <laughs> pizza and ice cream. And this man's really missing his his, his his slightly crap pizza. He's just um, fully living out Tom Gann's theory oh shit, that Pizza Express like every is fortnight. the quintessential Blairite food. <laughs> Does anyone actually like Pizza Express? So Pizza Express is just kind of. There. I quite like it. I yeah. mean, I, I you know, it's, okay. it's it's decent enough. I'm, look, maybe... I don't think I've ever gone there. But I'm, 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 I'm not too. I'm this podcast resident Blairite, so I would say yeah. that. <laughs> Check the double barrel name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm intensely relaxed about Pizza Express. Three weeks after that, he then tweeted again. I'm on a diet, but I can't tell you how tempted I am to order a large pepperoni pizza and say to hell with it all. <laughs> and then six days. Do it, Matt. That's the most relatable one, to be fair. But then a week later, I'm really in the mood for one of those big slices of tourist trap pizzas in 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 Leicester Square. <laughs> I'm oh, I'm in the mood just... for love, in Tony Blair. <laughs> the man's just obsessed with with this with like. Not high street restaurants yeah. and high street takeaway brands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I presume he's got like quite a sizable income as well. Yeah, I miss Pizza Express, big massive pizza, one of those huge Peronis and a bottle of red. <laughs> he's he's actually pining for Pizza Express. Dream bigger. But but here's the thing, right? Like these big chain restaurants, they have to have an audience, right? They have to have a customer base, and and they have. A, a large customer base, you know, because um... they have the regulars. And it's just Matt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's not God. that large, really, that given, given the amount he puts No, but just <laughs> Matt Ford is 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 symbolic. He is the embodiment of the median person, I think, and like <laughs> of just like the most, the, like the 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 most basic person that that any computer algorithm could ever kind of dream up. I mean, listening to Oasis... He is, he's a basic bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's a basic bitch, exactly. I mean, he's he's a he's a, a, a computer algorithmically generated basic bitch. 
What have you listened to Oasis, but from a, a left-wing intellectual perspective? Oh God! Oh, oh, Oasis discourse. Mm. We're not doing Oasis maybe you discourse. Should, like, surely, not talk about it. <laughs> That's okay because I just listened to Oasis as a meat and potatoes Oasis fan who just likes <laughs> good rock and roll. You know, I'm not intellectualizing the shit. I just like Liam going sunshine. <laughs> Jack, Jack listens to Oasis so he can stay in touch with the views of those in the red wall. <laughs> yeah, it's authentic. Full working class music from our kids okay it's what john harris listens to like every morning <laughs> just waking up just blasting definitely maybe yo i mean for real i do occasionally buy a rock magazine and there's an article by john harris in there like he is in this like neil young magazine i bought recently reviewing one of the albums so is david quantic <laughs> proper assholes, man. Anyway, <laughs> beside the point. That's the problem with music magazines. They have like music journalists in them and shit. <laughs> That's what put me off them in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, but why are they? Uh, why are they also specifically terrible? Yeah, we. This came up in this came up in the, the our latest episode of the podcast as well. Uh, it was just about like melt music journalists. Oh, <laughs> like, Joe Muggs is Joe such Muggs. an asshole. Oh yeah, fuck Joe Muggs. Exactly. But I, 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 we came up with a bit of a theory about this because I was doing a thing that I got bored with quite quickly. Someone <laughs> had uploaded like scans of every issue of basically Britpop and, and slightly pre-Britpop melt magazine uh, select. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I was going through the early issues and it was proper like guilty men from history <laughs> it was just a bunch of people who went on to be prominent journalists or other media belts like um graham linehan wrote oh, for them God. extensively <laughs> in that sort of pre-bit pop period the hero of so game did, <laughs> so did weirdly suzanne moore who was already oh, quite no. famous at that point wow yeah. i bet um, she wrote some illiterate shit <laughs> like, what a terrible fucking writer honestly just constantly drunk putting aside her bigoted views just a Bad writer. Yeah, I mean, she, it, yes. it's a, it's yeah. a wonder that she can string a fucking sentence together, considering that she's wasted all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? it's very oh, rare occasions. I think to be fair, goals, but like. Like, if I could be as much of an alcoholic as I am <laughs> and maintain gainfully employed for as long as she is, <laughs> I would be ecstatic about it. <laughs> but how did this happen? Amazing. Every so often, like every six months or every couple of years or something, she'll put up some article that she's had rejected or something. Um, and it's like in its unedited form. Oh, and God. you're like, how, how are you... How, how have you ever found work? Like... <laughs> This is not even a level of incoherent that you can put just down to too much gin. This is like, you don't really understand like how to communicate <laughs> in any form. So you, this is just words. But anyway, right? Um, so, so select were fucking melting. The theory that some people were coming up with, reacting to all this terrible shit, like, and and how prominent so many of these crap music journalists had gone on to be in other areas. Why so many of them are like anti-Corbyn types now is basically they were like the last sort of generation that could get a job like that where it's like um, sort of not a DOS job but a job they would sort of have wanted particularly to do and they'd maybe see it as like a way of putting off getting an office job for it and see if they can make it work and so on but still done well enough doing that with the sort of last era when the music press was thriving to actually end up 
buying a house at a fairly normal price at the time mm. in or around London, you know? Yeah. So they've actually been made quite rich by the early Blair years and the, the late Meiji years as well. And they're very defensive about that, that period of history and, and the values around it. Mm. Some of them also on top of that are just cunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny yeah. how also your circumstances make you more of a cunt, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These people, they need to follow uh, the journey of some of the people they write about, i.e. Neil Young's journey from hardcore Reagan supporter in the 80s to hardcore Bernie supporter in the 2010s. He was a hardcore Reagan supporter? What? Yeah, there was a bit like he was going through some personal shit. And, <laughs> he was he was alienated from rock and roll. He was like spending all his time like doing therapy with his severely disabled son. And I'm not I'm not excusing his his right wing comments with that, but that's just the comment the context of his life. Anyway, basically Neil recorded a country album and his record label Geffen, uh, who he just signed to two albums ago, uh, those two albums happened to be an electronic album called Trans, which is now quite infamous, and uh, a rockabilly album because Geffen had said, enough of this electronic shit, Neil, what about rock and roll? Uh, And Neil said, oh, rock and roll, eh? And made an album of, like, corny 50s rock. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like yeah anyway so he then submitted a country album um with like super hardcore country and Geffen sued him for making records unrepresentative of Neil Young but like um, <laughs> but while the lawsuit was going on Neil spent like two years touring with his country band the International Harvesters and it was during <laughs> during this time that he began expressing right wing views on uh, foreign policy for example he very much supported Reagan's foreign policy on AIDS he was very worried oh, about God. gay people touching his oh, potatoes. No. <laughs> you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be pleased to learn Neil is now uh, openly pro-LGBT. So uh, I think Daryl Hannah has helped get him on the righteous path on certain issues. Although I'm sure he <laughs> he abandoned those views long before uh, the <laughs> mid-2010s. But anyway, yeah, there's a while when he, uh, in the 80s, when things... Wait, hold on. What, what did Daryl Hannah have to do with Neil's it? married to Daryl Hannah. Uh, what? Since, I don't know that. since what? 2014, uh, they... from 90210. Yeah, from like from Blade Runner what? and from Kill Bill. Kill Bill. 2. Yeah. Yeah, Kill Bill. Straight up Kill well, Bill. Well, I only know 90210. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and wasn't she in like Splash or like some movie where she played a mermaid or something? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, she's married to Neil, and they're both they're both really into like climate activism and native american solidarity and bernie sanders Aww. so yeah <laughs> some of those old hollywood types are actually like really blessed you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, like john cusack you know or like you know well no, i don't know about john cusack uh, well he's he's not he's uh, he's he's a bit dodged sometimes isn't he but, yeah, uh, did he say some anti-Semitic stuff? Because I was like yes, saying how good he was politically for ages, and like then. Okay, then cut like... that bit out, please. <laughs> uh, I meant, I meant Danny DeVito, obviously. Oh he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to confuse the two; they look so alike. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously Danny, Danny DeVito, but even like someone like 
I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe I'm, I'm just not going to say because half these people are probably cancelled and I don't even fucking know. And like, this is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I can't confirm the John Cusack anti-Semitism thing, by the right. way. Uh, right. he, like, he always seemed pretty left-wing to me. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's my own anti-Semitism, just not noticing. No, I, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen those comments that people, I guess people are referring to. But, um. Uh, 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 the Sorry, I've just checked and Daryl Hannah was not in 90210. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know who you're thinking of. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, no, I was just going to say, John Cusack, I think I had to unfollow him when Biden got the nomination because, like, his tweets went from Bernie posting to, like, generic resistance posting, ah. like, just overnight. It just became this all like retweeting centrist, like <laughs> Trump is a fascist. We need to uncritically support the Democrats. Hang like, on, maybe I think I unfollowed him as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, it just check. got fucking peak, man. Like the just just melt stuff that he was tweeting, uh, or or even retweeting. It's just, uh, you know. Uh, but Danny DeVito, yeah, what a legend. I loved his, you know. Yeah, there was this guy, this shady guy who was leading the Labour Party. Uh, what is his name? <laughs> Anthony Scalia, retired bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Danny DeVito's a hero. He made more effort to defend Jeremy Corbyn over the fucking Reefgate bullshit than almost anyone in the PLP or left-wing <laughs> media commentators in the UK. Yeah. Legend. I just seen that the rapper Freddie Gibbs has been on the Joe Rogan show. Oh my god, it's it's fantastic! It? Have you looked at it? He talks about shooting really, <laughs> and at the end, Joe Rogan was just like, hmm. "Wow, what, what did he say?" Sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, um, I can't quote it verbatim, but he's like, "Yeah, I shot, I shot this, uh, this, this crack guy, nine guys, and he just kept running." And then Joe Rogan was like, "Look at him, going, hmm." <laughs> he, he shot a guy. I can't do it justice. It's really good. Uh, like, Freddie mean, Gibbs Freddie, is so. Freddie Gibbs is a very good rapper. I, I've he been is fire. Like, he's incredible. Oh, Alfredo is amazing. But yeah, like, yeah. His his. I I I don't think I actually heard the second one, but his first album with Madlib is incredible. Fucking awesome. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, definitely listen to the one from last year. I will. I will check it out. I need to listen to Madlib's new album that he's done with Fortet as well. That sounds really really what? interesting. What? an album with Fortet. Yeah, play. yeah, it's it's Madlib's first like official solo album, but uh, Fortet basically like compiled it from like thousands of hours of Madlib tapes. Uh, <laughs> pretty wild. Real Mo- John McTernan hours. Sorry. Oh, no, it was just a John McTernan tweet that resurfaced oh, recently. God, yeah. It was like, just listen to four hours of Fortet. Six, <laughs> six hours, six hours of, of Fortet. Oh, six of hours. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, McTernan. Very sophisticated tastes. <laughs> I did a tweet a while back on an old account, like re- sort of doing a brief capsule review of this new Prince archival album that came out. That was just like Prince solo at the piano, busting out a bunch of tunes, both well known and obscure in the early eighties. McTurnan was like the first retweet on there, just like within seconds, he was like good prince criticism like <laughs> <laughs> like i used to be mutuals with him on Horbin mark one and uh they were like if i would just ask a question like if i was touring somewhere and i'd be like you know whether where can i do something in this city he'd always like retweet it and he helped me get my nose pierced in edinburgh <laughs> <laughs> wild 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 man bless him <laughs> 
or not, kind of. I totally want to watch that Freddie Gibbs interview. I'm like, I swear, I totally like, want to go to Fabric with John McTernan. Both, both <laughs> of those. <laughs> I don't know, like, Freddie Gibbs seems like kind of uncancelable because he literally went to prison for rape yeah. in France like yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, 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 I remember. And then he just like got out somehow on like a technicality, and it's just fine. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, back to the grind. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, and and then he like the like literally the first track that he made afterwards, he said like, yeah, that he that he didn't do it, but which is like, I mean, obviously he's gonna say that regardless of if he did or he didn't. Well, but, like, I, I hope he didn't. Uh, of course, <laughs> okay. I I sincerely hope he didn't because yeah, obvious obviously, uh, I I would still like to listen to his music without feeling. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of separating the art. Yeah, but but yeah, but I to am, an I extent, am well. to an extent, like I think that. Yeah, definitely. Of course, in 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 theory, yes. But I think that there are points where it's it becomes a bit tricky to do that. And uh, yeah, uh, and and like I mean, Lost Profits being probably like the easiest example to give. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Was never a fan. That was one where like the appalling behavior yeah. validated my pre-existing prejudices. It's just like, okay, don't have to listen to those guys then. But, like, both horrified, and at the same time, I was like, fucking vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> Insert my song with that name there. Fucking vindicated, I was right about you And people said you was cool, it was too good to be true You're bad, by which I mean you're the shittiest dude You're worse with the earth than a barrier and, and also being able to enjoy a track in which he's saying that he didn't do something that he did Something really fucked up like that That would be kind of, yeah, that wouldn't be great, would it? Um, yeah But he is, a, he is a very good rapper And like, I, I've been listening to his track with Schoolboy Q um, Like a lot the last couple of days uh, It's called Gang Signs very good. Track. Oh, sick. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, yeah, hopefully he like admits to shooting somebody in that, just like he did in the Joe Rogan <laughs> just interview. <laughs> just the same guy. Like, you heard the interview. Well, here's more explicit details. <laughs> when we were allowed to, I stayed with my parents for a bit over the summer last year, and I, I was listening to the Freddie Kids album. And my stepdad walks in as the lyrics, um, God got me to sell crack so I'd have something to rap about came on and I was just yeah. like, oh god. <laughs> I love the video for Fuggin where you've just got all these guys smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> just like the most haggard looking people who like are clearly hitting the rock for real. Like there, there's the majority of rappers, at least like the big name rappers, when they're rapping about selling drugs, like you don't believe what they're saying. No. Freddie Gibbs, however, he moved a ton of fucking <laughs> yeah. products. Like and you know this. Like <laughs> you believe everything that he fucking says about like selling drugs. This man sold a lot of fucking drugs. <laughs> I wa- I wonder what the French prison was like. Like if oh, if, if it was like that film A Prophet. That's oh, like yeah. what I know about French prisons. It's just... Great film. Great film. Oh, yeah, man. It's brutal brutal shanking so... scene yeah. in that. My oh, God. my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the... I, maybe I think of a different film where it was like, Harry Potter is a neo-Nazi. That's not that film. <laughs> no, I think... No. Yeah, yeah. Didn't we review that film on the show? <laughs> Um, I think so. Imperium, I think it was called. We did it with Jude, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, he's it's... like a deep cover. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I don't know why I thought it was that. Um... It's like a deep cover skinhead. No, I know, I know that film though. 
like it was all right i think i can't remember much about it i just remember our episode was called never go full fast <laughs> you go a little it's bit fast <laughs> the rp to fast pipeline only goes so far <laughs> so don't encourage yeah them it, it, it stops at a certain point you got to get off when it gets too fast <laughs> uh, have we got any more to say on keith and that uh, oh, I can't think of it. I mean, I just, I, I just, I hate him so much. I really, yeah. I just fucking hate this guy so much. I mean, he's just so pathetic. Just, just such a wet noodle. Just, just, just flops in front of anything. Yeah. Like, and it just, just a fucking black hole where there should be charisma. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just want something else. Like, even if it's something worse and more right wing, <laughs> like I just David some, something else. It is genuinely that. I would take fucking Wes Creating because that would have more comic value than Kit Starmer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least Starmer could like maintain like a certain amount of popularity. You know, a lot of people <laughs> like Boris Johnson. A lot of people really dislike him, and they're gonna, uh, you know, that people are always, some people are always gonna gravitate towards the Labour Party. But it would be. Really really funny if West Streeting was leader and they were like at mi- minus 20% because he's just such, such a detestable like piece of shit. And just everyone who was involved in the student mo- movement about seven years ago, however long he was in it, um, just absolutely detesting him. Oh god, yeah. What is to like about West Streeting? That's what, like when I, whenever I see... His uh, Hollywood good good looking look <laughs> his, Hollywood, his Hollywood good look his perfectly square head <laughs> that's, that's kind of Starmer-esque oh god isn't it? didn't What's someone make the... a post that he looks exactly like Ian Huntley <laughs> <laughs> my god I saw oh that was such a good threat yeah. Tori's a serial killer who was it who Dan Hodges looked like uh, uh... oh god Dan Hodges is uh he, he there's a certain type of like very squat hairy right wing man who writes opinion columns like Dan Hodges, Matthew Dancona, Raphael Bear, basically the same guy, like interchangeable fucking opinions. Um I guess uh, Hodges is a bit more of an overt troll and has never written about how shoes aren't shaped like feet to my knowledge. Um, I thought it was funny like uh you know, uh, Jason, uh, I don't want to butcher his surname, uh, Okunde, and Jace by Jason on Twitter. Yeah. He he uh, tweeted that at least when Starmer loses 2024, we'll, we'll have a good laugh. When Corbyn lost in 2019, I wanted to jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He got a lot of shit for this, but that is exactly how I feel. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> it's saying that Dan Hodges looks like Henry Lee Lucas. <laughs> that was it, Henry Lee Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> That's Henry portrait of a serial killer. Henry Lee Lucas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those ones that I had to like retweet on my alt because I was like, no, I can't. I'm not putting this on me. <laughs> I will read. I will tweet all I want about wanting to fuck John Renfall, but I'm not putting that on my account. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, oh. yeah, I mean, it is just such a fucking dire situation. Like, I really, um, 
I've been made to doubt, like, every kind of pragmatic argument for the Labour Party that I convinced myself of over the last few years. Like, <laughs> all of it is just falling down in front of my eyes by, like, just, like... They're always going to be better than the Tories. Well, yeah, sure. After giving me Jeremy Corbyn for five years, I'm not going to settle for, like, an inch to the left of the Tories on some stuff, but they're to the right of the Tories on some other stuff. I'm not I'm not going to settle for less, you know? I, I've been given... I've been shown that there is an alternative, uh, that things can be different. But another world is possible. Another Europe, that's a different matter, but we'll <laughs> leave that aside for now. But, like, you know... I'll be, I'll be chess actually... folks over here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. But, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't show people, like, actually a different vision of the world and then just be like... Uh, no, actually, things have just got to stay exactly the same. And expect them to go along with it. Like, if he want, I mean, I guess he thinks he can just do this sharp jolt to the right almost overnight. But it's like, you've got to have a drift. You've got to slowly take us to the right. And I'm not saying that any of us would actually end up going along with that. But, you know, <laughs> you can't just like... That's obvious. Yeah, you can't just say... No, things were fine in 2015. Like, it is, the party has literally just reverted to the much more conservative than Ed Miliband position immediately uh, that, that there was a consensus around in the party establishment immediately after Ed Miliband resigned. You know, at least Ed Miliband seemed embarrassed about it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to be near that stone. No. Starmer just wants to embarrass all his fucking supporters, you know? <laughs> it's just hum humiliating, constant humiliation. Anyone who's made the mistake of allying themselves to some extent to the Labour Party in the last few years uh, deserves to be ritually humiliated. The left, by uh, the vindictive actions of the Starmer leadership, uh, the right by uh, the colossal inefficiency and incompetence of the Starmer leadership. I mean, something I've said for a long time is, you know, like while growing up, the Labour Party that I grew up with was the exact opposite of the politics that I grew up with. And I grew up to hate the Labour Party and and 9-11 and, um, and, and the Iraq war and, and, and the Afghanistan war actually even before that were like radicalizing yeah. points, you know? Uh, uh, and, um, you know, seeing Corbyn first become Labour leader, following his leadership with enthusiasm, but, you know, not being a Labour member or anything like that at the time, um, not until after the 2017 election. The 2017 election gave a lot of us this kind of, hope out of nowhere right that maybe we can actually fucking win this but every single passing day since corbyn has not been labor leader and especially since starmer has become leader i have been reminded that this is exactly the labor party that i grew up with this is not mm -hmm. a surprise you know like this is of course they would fucking do this you know and and of course like they've spent five years making their own party unelectable and now they're acting surprised that no one wants to fucking vote for them yeah you know I guess what's remarkable is just how completely they've returned to type. They don't seem to think that there's anything positive to be learned from the Corbyn era. They've just accepted this kind of, like, martial drumbeat from the media that it was uh, an utter irredeemable 
travesty and failure from start to finish. When the membership more than doubled, the party's finances were very much improved it for whatever you want to say about the supposed toxicity or whatever, had a vibrant grassroots, commanded at 1.40% in the polls, still got millions of people voting for it in, you know, the, the kind of, the, you know, more people than Labour had polled in previous elections at its disastrous election results. You know, there are obviously things to be learned from Corbyn. And most of the people who are now Starmer supporters who think that the earth needs to be salted where Corbyn once walked on it, um, would have said, it, it, right up until the moment Starmer became leader, oh, you know, under Jeremy we return to our values or some vacuous crap like that. Essentially, <laughs> they'd make noises that they broadly agreed with the left-wing policy agenda. What a load of fucking bullshit that turned out to be. It must have been agonizing for some of these people to pretend to support you know any kind of like social democratic reform for two years or whatever. possibly including Keir Starmer <laughs> yeah yeah for including Keir Starmer who who yeah again he would say oh you know I think we needed to be slightly more confrontational <laughs> you know under Corbyn that's what you like told Nick Robinson in his, in his uh appearance on his shitty podcast like that's uh what happens to nick robinson um is he still around is he a podcaster now <laughs> yeah he's a podcaster he's he's moved into just kind of he's, doing he's one of us piece into... yeah <laughs> it's quite it's quite funny he basically does like just these deliberately chummy interviews it was amazing during the corbyn era he would interview like every random backbencher who one guardian article was like would bobson dugnut be be the next labor leader <laughs> like you know he he would like elevate all of these people's platform like every point like two years after after Dan Jarvis stopped being relevant, he was interviewing Dan Jarvis on his podcast. Uh, he had about like two Corbynites on there and the entire time that Corbyn was leader. But like with with the average person, it would just be like, oh, so what do you feed your dog in the morning? <laughs> you know, like, what's a, uh, so uh, what's your favorite TV show? And then with it, when it was the Corbynites, it would be like, so these allegations of anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> How much money have you wired to Hamas last month? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just just a totally different standard applied to people on the left. Because just it, like imagine how fucked you have to be in like your view of the world to think that it's like people on the left who've commanded no kind of power within the state in their lives who have committed the more significant acts of harm of currently elected politicians. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're getting to some some standard like real politic talking points here, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but that that's what Nick Robinson's doing. A podcast. Arian Tom's Labour Hijack graphic is now government policy because, uh, of course, there is going to be a government investigation into left-wing uh, infiltration of activist groups, including Black Lives Matter and Extinction Rebellion, <laughs> and and also uh, the government and 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 um, academia. So it's now we've gone full fucking circle, right? And I mean, like the the right, you know, which holds literally every single seat of institutional power, like you're saying, but but somehow the far left have, have secretly hijacked everything, and 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 you know the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left are, are somehow. 
in in charge of everything it doesn't doesn't somehow sit right well uh you mentioned the government probe into left-wing extremism <laughs> uh, i i think it would be uh remiss not to mention who is heading up that uh, review which is a certain lord walney now obviously you will not be familiar with this clearly made up name um <laughs> and reading the news reports you will be none the wiser as to who lord walney is because uh you know uh epitomizing the sheer dripping deference to authority of the british press people like um what is it lucy fisher at the times uh she was the one who i initially saw report this simply call this man lord walney um you know and it, 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 i will say it is very convenient um, to be given the opportunity to create yourself a new identity upon uh, being ennobled to the House of Lords when there are outstanding sexual harassment allegations against you which you've never <laughs> uh, allowed to be oh investigated. God. Yes, Lord Walney, the government's anti-left-wing extremism uh, czar, is John Woodcock, no! the former Labour MP. No! Oh my God, it's no! Peter, Peter Penis. You're like, sorry for keeping you hanging there with the suspense. Oh but, my god! Yeah. <laughs> what is John? Is John Mann doing anti-Semitism yeah, exactly. investigation oh for them? God. Which is also just going to be a, an oh anti-left. Like, just the, it's amazing. Like these two. The, just, like, the anti-Semitism czar is just the best <laughs> fucking position <laughs> ever made. Yeah, anti-Semitism definitely era. read a, a history book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, it's wild, man. But yeah, the, so these two guys are just like a. The, in, in return for endorsing the Tories at the last election, these two just utter pieces of shit have been just like put into the House of Lords by the government so they can traipse around in fucking stupid robes all day. Uh, which, by the way, like, uh, Shami Chakrabarti does not do. Like, it's John Mann who likes to wear robes. Uh, you know. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, 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 yeah, um... They've both been, like, assigned, you know, the official McCarthyism brief with the government, so we can expect <laughs> lots more of our country's vibrant anti-left discourse uh, to, to continue over the next few years. Excellent. Uh, and and I think we can all be certain that somebody who will continue to feed into the climate of intolerance towards left-wing views in this country <laughs> move uh, his own positions to the right at every opportunity, sideline the left at every opportunity, and be incompetent in a particularly right-wing fashion is one Keith Rodney Starmer. <laughs> <laughs> Keith the Rodney. sad donkey. Keith Rodney just sounds... It just rolls off the Keith tongue. Keith Rodney just sounds like an East End gangster. <laughs> like Keith, <laughs> Keith Rodney. Keith Rodney sounds like a, a reggae musician. Like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rodney. Rodney Keith. Rodney, Rodney Keith. Keith. Rodney Keith. Rodney successful isn't it? Isn't successful it? season and a half for Millwall in midfield in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Rodney Starmer. You don't want to mess with this geezer. He's the baddest cunt in all of London town. The next Keith Guy Rodney. Ritchie film sorted. Oh, we have God. to have uh, Guy Ritchie directing <laughs> Keith Kiersama's biopic. 
instead of you know the scene in snatch where they but but, you know the the pigs in snatch that they like feed the guys to and shit like they're just that but with donkeys (laughs) i've been proper throwing his weight around like a local hard man like like, i'm in your bins again (laughs) boy cool being accused of being racist to people to the celts and also people from peckham Doc McTurnan in as a scriptwriter there. <laughs> Oi, Corbin, you withdraw that statement or I will fucking do you in, you cunt! <laughs> Oi, corpse, come to Peckham and say that. <laughs> or like like East End Gangster Corbin, you know, one of the infamous Cray-style Corbin brothers. Oi, Connor McGinn, I'll call your fucking dad on you, mate! <laughs> I just think of like the Atletico Mints, Corbin. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, guys. It has been very, very fun. We've, um, we've, I think we've had a good discussion here. Yes, thanks for having yeah. us. Oh, yeah. yeah, enjoyed this. Good to have you guys on. Do you, do you guys want to get a, a bit of a plug in for your podcast as well? Like, what, what platforms can people get on? What's your, what's your Twitter at and so on? Um, yeah, we are at Leftover Pod. Uh, you can find us on most uh, streaming platforms, I guess. We're hosted on Anchor FM, but you know, we, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the rest. But yeah, thanks so much for having us on. This has been really, really great as well. Uh, this is yeah, like been a, <laughs> a really fun chat. Uh, it's always it's always very cathartic or key cathartic. Let's just say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke worthy of me. Like I would be <laughs> proud to say that and grind those kind of. Oh. <laughs> they come on for two and a half hours and you you insult them there at the end of that. You know, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> they give up their time. I, I was up. I was like roasting them at the start of the podcast name. To be fair, I felt bad. About <laughs> oh no, we 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 roasted ourselves on the podcast name plenty. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been the Comedy Central roast of the the, the leftover podcast. <laughs> No, but this has been great, guys. Like, thanks so much for having us on. Really, really had a lot of fun. I am quite hungry, so I'm looking forward to having some food. But yeah, this has been great. <laughs> I'm I'm hungry yeah. as well. Yeah, thank the you. Weed. I'm looking forward to see what like ends up on the podcast out of all of this. Really fun chat, guys. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, reconvening with you to talk about Adam Curtis. Indeed. I Yes. It has been a good chat, everyone. I'm going to go roll a suit. All right. See ya. I look high. I look low. I look in everywhere I go. Looking for a home in the heart of the country.